The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello and good I evening. Welcome power. to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for the Round 19 game against the Western Bulldogs. It'll be going be a good one, I think. And we're not against the football, so we might even have some live listeners. Um, the game itself will be played on Sunday afternoon at Workreston Play Stadium in Ballarat. Um, I'm Portia, and joining me, as has been infrequently the case, but still reasonably frequently, uh, is Rick. Rick, how are you? How did Ben Dixon play over 200 AFL games? Um, Hawthorne were really shit at that time. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like Richie Vandenberg, isn't it? it it's sort of like... Um, I don't know. I, I think that the, the true sign that Hawthorne are genuinely on their way out will be if they all start getting blonde tips again, because that was the worst <laughs> period. That was the worst period of the Hawthorne Football Club, no doubt. They went through the Aryan era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, I mean, to talk about way off topic, just to start the show. Yeah. But, I mean, but how ruthless were they at that time? Because remember, they they pretty much just sacked their captain because he just wasn't up to it. Yeah, yeah, well... Yeah, they, they made the tough call and just went, sorry, buddy, see you later, you've got to go. I mean, Shane Crawford yeah. did manage to hang around for their first premiership, so, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all that instant. Yeah, but he was sort of like a... He was sort of like a Shane Woe Woden sort of clone, wasn't he? Sort of, you know, a lot of running on the wings and open spaces, getting cheap ball and... He was nothing special, yeah, yeah you're quite right, um... Here's a yeah. here from Spreaker Chat is Dylan who's listening tonight. So he says, "How the fuck does Van Dixon still have a job despite a myriad of actual good players moving into the media in the last few years?" And uh, look, I mean, we'll be asking that again in ten years' time when we wonder why Cameron Ling's still around. It's just how it's just how it works. It's just how it works. Well, let's let's if we're going to talk way off topic, yeah. that Port that that Port Adelaide Fremantle commentary team and before the game, oh my god, team that was the worst professional commentary outfit I've ever borne witness to in in that four hours was disgusting. Like, I don't know, how the hell is Matthew Pavlich a commentator? I mean, he is <laughs> woeful. <laughs> Look, honestly, every, every time, every commentary this year has been pretty bad, and particularly the ones with Dwayne Russell. It's just, ah, he's, he seems, I think that ever since 2007, he jumped off Porton entirely onto Geelong, but it's taken time for everyone to really work that out. But he's just terrible in Port games now. He's the worst commentator. I never want to hear him speak. Ugh. Hey, Porter. Yeah? You're such a whinger. I am a whinger. So are you. We're whinging about commentary. <laughs> and we're also whinging about, so here's a little fact. Obviously, we're playing the Bulldogs again this week, and we only played them six, seven weeks ago. Uh, the last time we played the Dogs, we were eighth, and we felt like we were doing all right. Now we're fifth, and we feel like we're doing terribly. What's going on? Yeah, it seems random, doesn't it? <laughs> it does a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, we haven't improved. We're actually worse. We might lose against the Bulldogs this time, but you're fifth. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay, maybe we'll win then. Well, for what it's worth, the Bulldogs are worse too. They've won one game and they've lost five since last time we played them. Uh, sorry, one yeah, one game lost five. Yes, yeah, right. Which is worse than their season record average, you know, percentage of wins to losses before that. Um, yeah, weird one. Hey, <laughs> are you are you going this week? 
No, it's in Ballarat. I don't have a car. I'm not going. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, no. Uber, Uber. Uber to Ballarat. Are you shitting me? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Aren't you a passionate supporter? I'm not a wealthy one. That's that's a big difference. Come on. Oh, come on. If I was getting paid for all this free labour I'm doing every Thursday night, I could afford to labour, but I'm not, am I? <laughs> you know, all the Port Fan Radio crew keep harassing me about getting paid. <laughs> well, when, I, when I'm not in the negative with Port Fan Radio, we can talk, we can talk about it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but how's, the, how's Christy, Christy Rice? She's Why? a fan. She only listens to your show. Really? She feels like, well, she feels like your show is the only show that's got some sort of run sheet to it. That and might the, be true. Whereas, whereas the rest of the shows just seem to ramble. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we could never match the portress's sheer numbers of um, inserted audio files, but we do do a rundown every time. It just it doesn't take long. It's only half an hour, 45 minutes each, <laughs> each time. Pretty easy. Good to- but she she was she's happy with our performance. So very good. We, we've got we've got we've got one fan. So thanks for the feedback, Christy. Thank you, it's fan. Much appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm encouraged. She she said she'd like more women, and so I'm trying to encourage her to uh, participate. Maybe she could even join you one night. That would be fine by show. me. Um, yeah, well, there you go. We've got some comments on Spreaker chat. Dylan has said I should get on the V line to Ballarat, and it's like, ugh, that means changing trains. Um, and Jamie Oliver, apparently with Jamie Oliver's a Port fan as well, according to the Spreaker chat, uh, says that Dwayne Russell is in Port's player induction video. So what's that all about? Yeah, that's... But Dwayne Russell's like our Port MC for a lot of functions too. <laughs> Why? Stop it. Stop it. He does nothing but barrack against us in every comment. Certainly this year, every commentary team he's been part of, he's done nothing but talk us down, complain about free kicks that should have been against us that weren't. Um, question every free kick we end up actually end up getting, and then uh, no, he's the, he's absolute worst. Maybe maybe it's a Foxtel directive that he has to commentate against Port Adelaide because I think I feel like all of them have have that same agenda. I would honestly rather have Cameron Ling commentate our games than Dwayne Russell. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> and I want to know how come you guys aren't coming on on Monday night and commenting on the show. How come you're only coming on on Thursdays? And where's your Monday night contribution, Porsche? I don't see you in the chat room anymore either. What's going on? Well, the last couple of times I've been thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be depressing. (laughs) That's enough, really. I think think after a few losses, it uh, it sort of gets a bit tedious to listen, doesn't it? Rick's Rick's rants just keep going on and on. We've got to go in theme. Rick's whinges have to continue to go on and on and... So we've started the show with a good contribution of whinging, so yep. I hope that fits fits the mould of who we are, hey? Yeah. All right, well, look, let's talk something about the actual rundown that we do apparently have. Um, so we talk briefly about the Bulldogs and what they've been up to this season, and the answer is not much. So they're five wins and 12 losses for the season, so that really puts ours in perspective. Um, aren't, we, aren't we the opposite? I think we're pretty close to the opposite of that. Um, we're 11. Oh, there you go, 11, 11 and what, six or something? I don't six. know. Anyway, yeah. 11 uh, and six. As I mentioned a little bit ago, um, the Bulldogs have only won one game since we last played, and that was a win against Geelong at Docklands, their home ground, and they only won by two points. So they're in pretty shit form. They're in worse form than they were at the start of the year, somehow. 
Um, they've had also losses to North losses to North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Melbourne, and West Coast. And as far as the quality of that opposition, I mean, we're in the middle of that lot, so or even maybe up slightly up the top of that. So you think that we are well matched? Maybe I don't know. Um, as for how they play, we already discussed that again six weeks ago. They, when they're losing in ruck, they just kind of clog it and keep it away. They are very high up on the uncontested, sorry, the uh, useless handballs without the F word, which uh, is how um, Russell Ebert handball always describes it. They're very high on that. In fact, they're handballing more than they were before, uh, believe it or not. And they're in uncontested position. They've now got the third most uncontested position in the league. Basically, they just keep the ball away from the opposition and then hope that turns into goals, which it doesn't. It hasn't been happening at all. Um, they're really not in a good uh, position. And because they don't have a strong counter-attack, I mean, I kind of feel like... <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to say it again. There's no way we can possibly lose this week, Rick. We can't possibly didn't we, lose. Didn't, didn't we say that against Frio? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it again this week. <laughs> but And I think... The conditions are going to be equally shithouse um, in Bendigo this weekend, or Ballarat, Ballarat whatever it is. Yeah. Um, isn't it going to be like seven degrees and snowing? And I don't know. Maybe. I guess we'll, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But, uh, look, I don't think we could put in another shitful performance like we did against Frio. That was... Oh, we could. That was... But I just don't think it'll no. matter. You don't think? You think they're worse than Frio? Yeah, um, well, I don't know. Probably, I think that they've yeah. got a worse coach than Freo. That's I'm like, that was coaching with Freo that probably really did it. The fact that they said, "Okay, you come to us," and we just didn't have the run. But um, he's a he's a premiership coach, Bevo. Yeah, Lions not Lions not a premiership coach. Look, if let's be honest, we talked about I was at ninety seven that the Crows premiership was the arsiest premiership in history. I think the Bulldogs' yeah. premiership probably beats it. What do you reckon? <laughs> I reckon Gee, that's, that's probably tough, fair. That's a, that's a tough call. I reckon we're around about that mark, though, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty close, yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, North Melbourne really shouldn't have lost that year. Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were far superior. So, yeah, and Sydney really... And, but Sydney... But I think the difference is the Crows still <laughs> earned their win through bad kicking. Um, Frio won that... Uh, Bulldogs won that grand final through free kicks. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. They're shit and they're not going to win. I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting a poor rebound. <laughs> um, is this going to be the only remaining win for Port Adelaide for the rest of this minor round season? Uh, you're going to make me get out the fixture. Let's have a look. I reckon... Uh, I just... There is one positive... Well, I can tell you. You got Bulldogs, yeah, go on. Yeah. What's the positive? The positive stat for the Bulldogs, if you're a Bulldogs fan, is that umpires love them even more. They've got the eighth most freeze for and the fourth fewest freeze against, which for a team right at the bottom of the ladder is very uncommon, but then again, for a team that has as much unconsisted ball as they do, it's probably what you'd expect. Uh, Don't you hate how the AFL website always defaults to the Adelaide Crows? Ugh. Uh, sounds like the it sounds like the advertiser newspaper then doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're playing. I've got the Crows next week. Who knows? You can't. You, you can. You can never say definitely going to win the Crows again. And, and then we got. And then we got West Coast the week after. But in Adelaide, but then again, they usually that's usually where we play worst against yeah, West Coast almost. That's, that's the second home ground. And um, then we got Collingwood, Collingwood at the G. Oh, oh God. Okay. 
Um, and then we've got Essendon, Essendon at home. You'd think we'd beat Essendon of those ones. Like That's the surest one you'd think of those. Second surest, you'd probably say the Crows. Third, the Eagles. And then the Collingwood game, you'd think would be the one we'd be most likely to lose at this point, I think. Yeah. Mm. But who knows? It's interesting. It's, it's interesting. interesting. I, I, I think what's interesting is that we're 11 and 6. Yeah. We're fifth, equal fourth on the ladder. And none of us as supporters know what we're going to serve up. No, that's, it, that's, isn't, that's it, it. isn't that absolutely crazy that we're we're that bipolar? Yeah. Um, that we we've got no freaking up. This team could come out and win the next five games for all we know. Even though I think it's unlikely, um, they do have the ability to be able to do that. And we did string what six out of seven wins or something like that. Um, you know, and then, but we also got the ability to maybe not win another game. I mean, how can we be that random? It's just crazy. Honestly, the thing for me is that um, I don't think that we're likely to not win any other games. I think we'll probably win at least two. Like that's a worst case scenario, almost that we'll that we'll win two. But I think the fact is that we could win all five games and then be out of the finals in straight sets. Like that's more my fear. You know that we that we could that we could make top four and then just completely collapse in finals like we've collapsed the last couple of weeks. Because um, all it's going to take is that one injury to Paddy Ryder, and then a bit of coaching idiocy as far as selecting Carl Amon, and then you know, bam, there you go. Yeah. So, so you didn't you didn't think Carl should have earned a reprieve after Frio? God no! How did that happen? How did that? How did the selection team go? Ah, oh, that's all right. We'll give Carl Amon a chance to play an identically shit game with the worst games he's played in his past. Uh, seasons, despite the fact that he has shown he's not shown he's going to improve on that, like he's just reverted to his worst form. You is know, this what, a, is this the last we'll probably see of Carl? I bloody hope so. But then again, he's on the injury list for three weeks, so who knows? He might come back for a final. Who knows? Like the, <laughs> the fact that we selected him last week means he's in that gold card territory that you just can't tell. Who knows? Well, would you say the same about Jasper? After last week's performance? No, nah, well, Jasper's been dropped, usually with good reason, and he's come in and not been great, but he's been better than Carl Amon. <laughs> well, a few people um, a few people were thinking that Jasper's lucky this week. Probably, probably, but who knows? He might not be in. Um, one of the questions coming up, and we'll just do it now, was whether um, Bonner or Lena would stay in. But then again, maybe it's both and Peter drops out. Because we've got Jonas back for that seniority in the back line, theoretically. So, uh, you know, who knows? It might be that Peter drops out and we, we keep Bonner and Lena. Because Lena was quite... Lena was alright last week. I wouldn't say he was stellar, but he was good for a first game, you know, rookie recruit. And um, Bonner, he's shown he can attack and that was desperately what we were missing last week is just that Riley Bonner or anyone being able to take the ball from half back and do something. So, I don't know. I don't know. Is Pitar? Pitar wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so Ford tore strips off me on Big Footy yeah. for my. For, well, he didn't actually. I'm exaggerating, but it doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's go with that anyway. Uh, about my pessimism after the loss and for the mm. podcast thread, and so what about some constructive feedback? How we could improve? And I said, well, Ford, you got to give us some content for Thursday night. So, I guess, where is it going wrong for us in your mind? And what do we have to do to turn it around? 
um, injuries is mainly where it's gone wrong. Just Jonas. Like but we, Jonas. Don't, we, we don't have that many injuries. No, no, but it's... it's ne- Here we go, I'll do a chocoism. It's never about how many injuries you have, it's about which injuries they are. Um, you know, th- th- like we have, what, the All-Australian Ruckman from last year injured. We had uh, our probable All-Australian defender in Tom Jonas out with injury. Um, we had Stephen Watlop as a late, withdraw- late withdrawer, and he's been our star free agent as far as uh, adding something that we have desperately lacked, particularly with Jared Polek's complete self-destruction of form. Um, you know, those three those three being out last week in particular, it was like, yeah, no, those are... Like, if you're going to pick three players to be out from the Port Adelaide side, like that's pretty close to your three, isn't it, apart from Robbie Gray? Did, did you say Polek out of form? Yeah, I think he's awful. What don't what do you, what don't you like about his form? His shitty people... his shitty kicking, which is the reason why I've liked him in the past. He's sometimes he's okay, but then he's just been doing these shitty cane corns floater kicks from defence when he's been in defence that get intercepted or put his team in trouble or whatever else. He's been awful. And that's and that's not that's not Jared Pollock light though. You know, it's not. I, I, it's not. I, but he's been doing I, it. Actually, I've seen it, and he sort of gets away with it because he he gets a lot of ball, and so people you know. I think it's an anomaly. You know, if it was Jasper Pittard, he'd get slandered for it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but... Well, I've, but been, I've is, been in is that this the, Is this the complexity of the instructions that the players are receiving, that it, it's creating confusion in their decision-making? Um, just for, I'm, I'm in that boat of people saying, oh, well, that's just an oddity, but it's been an oddity for over a month now with Polek. That's kind of form. Well... I think um, it's a year. I think whole well, season comfortably at least a, comfortably at least a month. He's had a couple of good goes in the middle there. Um, but if you t- want to talk about what it is in Pollock's case, I reckon it's just the fact that he's trying to walk the line as far as his next contract with Port Adelaide, and I reckon it's getting in his head. I reckon it's getting in his head. You know, not every player yeah. is, is is calm and collected enough to be able to last until the end of the season with no contract coming up. You know, uh, it's terrifying. So, yeah. So yeah. you think he's distracted by the money? Oh, I don't think he's distracted by the money. I think he's distracted by the the fact that he's uncontracted right now. He's an injury prone player. Um, he's not in great form, but he's holding out for a longer contract because he knows he's a player that can have injury spurts. Um, so, so if it was up to you, yeah, and he and he, what would you be offering him? Me personally, no more than three years. I'd be giving him a three year oh, contract. Three is my top. Um, but then it comes down to dollars and all that sort of stuff as well. But like, I th- I'd, I'd, I'd say three years at six hundred thousand. I think's fair. I think the club's been reported somewhere as offering two, and I'm okay with that too. You know, just again because he is a player that has deteriorated in seasons pretty regularly uh, in terms of you know ability to play games. Um, but you know, he'd be holding out for three. But the fact that he's holding out for three, I reckon that's getting in his head. Um, Do you know? I think the other thing too is right as a footy yeah. club. The Port Adelaide Footy Club, I would say, is one probably one of the best clubs for doing the right thing by its players. So if you're at the Port Adelaide Footy Club and they're saying, look, we want to give you a two with your injury history, but we believe in you and all that sort of stuff, um, and you keep your form, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, you, you're pretty confident that they're going to honour another contract with you if you keep your form. Um, you know, and... So I can't, yeah, I, I think if you're getting a shorter-term contract with, like, a Port Alley footy club, I think it's fine. But I think the rumour is four years at 600000 from Port. Oh, then definitely no. That's too much. No. 
if that's what he's hanging out for, he can go. Because uh, I think that's what the that's what was thrown around. Yeah, North Melbourne's offering him five and seven hundred. Cool, take and, it. I mean, but that's what I said too. Like, I mean, if I was him and he's getting five and seven hundred, take it because, I mean, if Port's offering four and six, you know, well, there's there's an extra an extra seven hundred thousand for one season, and then you've got the other four seasons with another hundred thousand on top of. I mean, there's one point one million. You can't begrudge anybody taking that deal. Well, no, I mean, I'm not. It's not that I'm not begrudging him, but like, yeah. I just want him to make a decision and get back to playing good football while he's at Port. We need him. We need him. If he's if he's at Port Adelaide, we need him to play proper Jared Polo football, and he just hasn't been doing that for a while. Um, yeah. So whichever way he's going to go, just put that to one side and play football and concentrate on what's going on on the field and you know all that sort of stuff. He, but he's I think been it's right off. But I think it's been symptomatic of not Jared, but all the players. Um, especially defensive side of centre, they all all have been just looking for those quick snap kicks around yeah. the corner, and yeah. not wanting not wanting to sort of maybe but, try and run forward and push push with the ball. But for the most part, the players that have, are doing that and doing it badly, that's always how they play. But with Polek, it is a huge turnaround. Like the thing about Polek that's been good about it, his playing the Port Adelaide side is that he does not do that is that he is attacking, is that he can run, is he can actually deliver into the forward line. And if he's not doing that, he's useless, he's not adding us anything we can't get from a random halfback flanker. Um, yeah. That's my concern with Polak, and that's you know that's certainly another reason why I'd be concerned about giving him a four-year contract, because if he stops doing that one thing that makes him essential in our side, then he's nothing much to us at all. He's yeah. Just a, he's just a back flanker. Like how we were disappointed so with Hamish Hartlett suddenly being like getting a, a midfielder extended long contract and then turning into a halfback flanker. I mean, it's in that same category. So what do we need to do to turn our season form around for the um, rest of this season? And to win the grand final, keep what right do we fit. need? Don't over-rely yeah. on Robbie. Um, get away from the thing I heard Brendan Laid say in some read Brendan Laid say in some press conference where he's talking about it doesn't matter who gets the goals as long as you get them because that's like Choco thinking where we had a, des- a designated kicker for Matthew Primus every two seconds and that bullshit kicking around to a better position to a worse player or all that stuff in the forward line it's stupid and pointless um, so get away from that uh, and mostly just take the bloody game on <laughs> that's that's it take it on I don't know how many times, like during the the season earlier this season, like that was a thing that um, I think like Ken was saying to the to team, wasn't it? Take the game on. Well, that's what we've got yeah. to really do. Take the game on. We looked so pitiful last week. Yes. And the week before, particularly. Take it on. But I think I think we've been like that nearly all season. I've, I've noticed like we don't seem to have since we hit that any, easy run of games. Yes. We haven't had any courage to run the ball. Uh, from the half back line, it's like we almost don't want to because we want to hold our defensive shape and stay in case the ball comes back, and um, and so we're not pushing forward at all at any time in numbers the, or in ways me, because we don't yeah. we don't want to leave ourselves exposed. The thing for me that I hate is when I see a play going on down a wing, and what's happening is that they're kicking to the next guy under no pressure for no reason, when what they should be doing is continue carrying the ball, force an opponent to come to them, and then get it to the next person in the chain. But what happens is that we kick early, 
And then we end up with all our guys behind the ball because we, we triggered every change of every uh, link in the relay, you know, 10, 20 metres too early. And we end up, you know, miles out from the forward line with no one in front. Um, they need to take the responsibility to run to the ball, take on an opponent, draw the man to them. Because if you don't do that, then you get what happened with Freo and they just play all their men back um, because there's, we're just going to keep bringing it forward and chucking it at them anyway. You know, you've got you to really just have that last minute disposal. Um, and again, that was another thing Jared Pollock was really good at at one point. And he doesn't seem to be doing that. And I guess that might be another part of that contract thing. If you do that, there's always a chance you might get crunched. And if you get crunched, you might get injured. And if you get injured, that fucks your contract up, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's uh, very real. That's very real when, you, when you're about to expire on your contract, that, that injury worry. I think it's why that the, um, the hardball getters, they're not the ones that usually play that game at the end of the year where they hang out and wait and wait and wait. Um, is Sam Gray out of form? Yes. Yeah? I mean, he's getting his goal again, but he's really doing very little as, in addition to think, that. And he's usually okay for a couple of decent marks. I think he's there. like five five goals in seven games now or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Is he is he sort of the sort of player that we need to trade out and trade up? Um, no one will trade for him. So, no. You don't think? No, if we did, it would be like an exchange of picks, Logan Grint. Thing it's not worth it. He's he's more valuable to us on our list, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, let's talk about the game this week because we've been heavily diverted by Rick. <laughs> um, hey, I'm just asking. I'm just asking the questions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to know. I need to know the answers from the wise one. Okay. Look, Jamie Oliver has been commenting on Spreaker chat a bit more. Um, about Dwayne Russell, that he seems to try and overdo it, barricading the other way for some reason. Uh, that Pollock's been all right, apparently. Uh, I don't agree with that. And that we need to go direct, which is, yes, very much the case. Uh, and Fat Bastard has said could easily lose all four final games, which I wouldn't say easily, but we certainly could. Um, well, there's five games. Yeah, but after the Bulldogs, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this week versus the Bulldogs, let's talk about our team. So the ins this week, there's eight of them because it's a Sunday game. It's Tom Jonas, Stephen Motlop, Paddy Ryder, Billy Frampton, Kane Farrell, Aidan Johnson, Riley Bonner. And the outs are Carl Amon, Dougal Howard and Lindsay Thomas. So that's what it is. Uh, Lindsay Thomas being admitted and the other two with injury. So Thomas out with admission, it makes sense. He's really dropped off again. Um, and that gives us an interchange of Leanit, Sam Gray, Jack Tringo, Billy Frampton, Kane Farrell, Aidan Johnson, Jack Watts and Riley Bonner. Of those eight... I would like to see the last four remain in as attacking players. That's Kane Farrell in for his debut game, I would hope, but probably not. Aidan Johnson, Jack Watts and Riley Bonner. Um, but then again, with the debuting players, they usually have the, the Ken calling him during the week saying, oh, you're definitely playing this week, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to guess that Kane Farrell won't come in. don't know. You'd think that might be a uh, a tough one. I'm not, not so sure. Kane Farrell. Tough conditions. It's going to be tough for a small forward. You know, it's probably going to be wet, windy, freezing cold. I don't. I don't think, from what I've read, his form wasn't that great last week. They probably missed the opportunity, which has been a little bit what the coaches do. They don't pull the trigger when the when the players are in the SANFL in red hot form, and they they wait and then their form dips. Before they pick them. For what it's worth, Kane Farrell's from Bendigo. Admittedly not Ballarat, but he'd be used to rainy Victorian weather. There's no doubt. Yeah. Mm. 
you know, who performed in that last year. So, yeah, um, I don't think that's Sorry. enough reason. Um, but I, hey, I, don't get me wrong. I'd love to. I'd love to see him in. I um, I think it would be great to see a bit more enthusiasm in the side. And apparently, he's fast. So, um, and I'd like to probably a spark. That's what we need. That's why I want him in. Yeah. We just need a spark going forward. We don't have it right well, now. Aiden Johnson's another one where I, you know, he's had his shots this year and hasn't really, especially his secondary selection. He was pretty woeful. So in performance-wise, I'd rather probably see Kane have an opportunity in that small forward role over someone like Aiden. But um, I guess we'll soon see. I guess, what about the big elephant in the room? Big Paddy and Big Billy. Yeah, well, I mean, one of them will play. Um, and that'll just change how our team can potentially perform, I guess. If Paddy plays and he plays in you know, okay form, then we've got an advantage against Jordan Ruffett, I reckon. Um, if it's Frampton, who knows? I mean, who knows what Frampton can do right now? He's he's not a 19-year-old we're bringing in and going, oh, well, he probably won't play well. Like, he should be able to come in and actually have an impact, in theory, if he's been good enough to deserve this much time on the list. But who knows? Who knows what he'd do? So, I don't know what's going to happen in Ruck this week. <laughs> what do you... I've got, I've got nothing to say. I've got nothing I can say because there's such a disparity between all Australian Ruckmen but kind of unfit or kind of coming back from injury versus... Um, debuting Ruckman, who is actually, what, he's 21, something like that, isn't he now? So he's old enough and big enough that he could actually have an impact in his first game. Well, going um, from what I read, he's more that second ruck forward. You know, he sort of can maybe nullify the ball, but he's good at hunting the ball. So he's sort of like that Jackson Trengove role Ruckman that we had to use with injury due to injury or suspension. Um, but which might actually work if Ballarat's going to be completely shipful. Uh, you know, we yeah, might be able to yeah. get away with that sort of, you know, that sort of rutman in those conditions anyway. And it might, so it might be worth having some courage and, and playing Billy and sort of giving Paddy, you know, a rest for one more game, you know, in those, you know, because it's going to be a high body contact contested game, I'd imagine, with those conditions, more so than even dry conditions. So, yeah, I would. I would actually like to see Billy. I think it's, he's a mystery. He's a man of mystery, not by his own doing, by Correct. the coaches. You know, we, and it's just so it's so random because you know last year he was hitting form. They were talking him up. He got injured. They put him out to surgery quickly, um, so he could come back and be in peak form for this year. And then he's got been on the nose for whatever reason. Um, you know, and uh, just. I, and I think that's probably the most disappointing thing is how our coaches just come in and sort of shit can the players in the second tier and go, no, nah, they're not capable. They're not ready. Well, I can tell you what, if you say that publicly to players, well, that's what they're going to believe, you know, because they're looking at the coaches for belief and inspiration. And if they're, the coach is saying they're not good enough and they're not ready, well, you know, what, what, what better way to provide doubt? Um, to a player, I think. So just believe in the kid and give him a friggin' chance. What's the worst that could happen? Can he he honestly be any worse than Ollie Wines in the friggin' rut? To simplify it. A stale midfielder in the rut. (laughs) Honestly. Can Can I say something? Uh, if no. we did, if we did decide to play both Ryder and Frampton, that wouldn't unbalance the side because we'd still only have seven tours because we're only we haven't played we're not playing Marshall at the minute, 
So Frampton yeah. is a is a guy that can play forward and in ruck. That's actually a pretty good situation for us. I would I would be ecstatic to do that and play Paddy sixty percent up forward to let him still rest and mm. let Billy let Billy run around and be free, be the kid. Now here's a question so, from Dylan on Spreaker Chat. Um, question for the hosts: If Billy doesn't work out, do we have any potential cool name cult heroes in line since Dimitri didn't work out either? Yeah. I don't think we really do. It's probably yeah. We've got Joel Garner. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, this is the thing. Of the people that are calling Big Bird in commentary teams and stuff, they'll all be the commentators you hate. <laughs> they'll be the ones. It'll be all, all but, the, the oldest commentators with the most anti Port Adelaide views will be the ones that call him Big Bird. So Houston, yeah. we've got a problem. <laughs> um, I think we might have to draft one. That might be you know something we'll do this year. Who knows? There's a well, few good. There's a few leave. good ones. Like there's a Dersma in the draft. That's a good. A Dersma. Dersma, yeah, D U U R S M A. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure where that name's from. Uh, it's yeah. Swedish, I think. Don't know. Not the as bad. The W is on. Un- the W normally a Dutch thing, isn't it? Yeah, it can be, but it's yeah. not as bad as my name. I'd, I'd take Dersma any day. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, let's talk briefly about the Bulldogs. Um, so they've got, I guess we'll, we'll say who their outs are. They've got Luke Dalhouse out, so that's a, a, an extra sting on their midfield that'll hurt them a little bit. Uh, Billy Gowers, Tom Boyd, and Fergus Green and Callum Porter are in. Uh, I don't know anything about Green or Porter, but that's me. I'm a bit ignorant sometimes. Or at least I don't know them by name, but when I see them, I go, oh, that guy, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Rucks, uh, we've already talked about that. Midfield. So Jack McRae missed a couple of weeks, but he's been back for two weeks and he sort of seems to be getting back to fitness again. He is their best midfielder at the Bulldogs. Um, and he's getting back. This week you'd expect him to be back in his usual form from earlier in the season. Well, he was he was an absolute brilliant player earlier in the season. Not that it's having much impact at the Dogs because there's not a lot around him. Um, Toby McLean and Marcus Bontempelli. Bontempelli is still good. McLean's being consistent. Um, but their midfield is unchanged from the last time we played them. So um, apart from the fact they've got one less player in that they don't have a dollhouse. So what do we do? Um, what, what, what's going to change for them apart from the fact that we have to travel to you know, Ballarat? I'm, I'm not sure it benefits. I don't think that benefits them more than it benefits us because their home ground is Etihad, which is not cold, not wet weather conditions. So if it does push down you. on Sunday, you'd think we've got more advantage there in terms of having actually played in a bit of rain. Our, t- our disposal's deteriorated yeah. a lot in yeah. quality from the last game we played them. But theirs and, is already you know, bad, and imagine how much worse it will be in a wet day in Ballarat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that young kid that's playing for on the redhead Richard, so... Yeah, no, he's good. Is he playing this week? He should be, because he was almost oh, their no, best player. Yeah. But he was almost yeah, no, the best player for them. He's certainly come in and he's performing pretty well for them. So that's uh, good by him. Yeah. Uh, so that's their midfield. It's pretty much from... Our mate, what about, a, what about yeah. our mate Jacko? Is he running through the, the ruck these days or just a pure defender? Oh, I think he's mostly a defender. He's certainly named in defence. He's not named on the interchange like he was occasionally with us. Um, their forward line, uh, it's still their leading goal kicker is Billy Gowers, their first-year rookie. He's now kicked 21 goals, 17. Um, Montempelli is still their high, second highest goal kicker, uh, tied with Mitch Wallace, and there's Lipinski and McLean, 
again, so there's two midfielders of those, and which Wallace is probably mostly tagger anyway, so that's three midfielders and their highest goal kickers. That doesn't really say a lot about the strength of your forward line, and particularly if we've got Jonas back this week, we should, we should be feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, and their defenders, Trax and Jango <laughs> and Zane Cordy. <laughs> that was funny. Um, now, for me, I, wrote, I didn't really go into the defence that much because I feel like the biggest threat their defenders present is that they are good at collecting errant deliveries into the forward line, and we've been offering a lot of them lately. So that's the one thing you can say about the Bulldogs' defence is if a, ball, a loose ball comes into their defence, they are adequately skilled to collect it and then dispose it. So that is... Un- fortunate for us, potentially, unless we improve. Um, mm. Back on the name thing, the cool name thing, it looks, Dylan has suggested we trade for Aresio Fantasia and Jamie Oliver agrees. Um, so Yeah, that it, would be nice. I don't want a Fantasia. There's too much connection with the old Crows Fantasia. No, no thanks. Can't do that. What about what about the Norwood Fantasia? Isn't that the same one? <laughs> don't I? Yeah, it is, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. Thank you. We've got nothing so, more influence. Nah. They're not related, expect, I, think. I don't know. Do you expect our players to be whinging for free kicks this week? Um, I don't what know. Did you, what, did you th- what did you think of that claim by Paul Ruse? Uh, not much. And Gary Lyon. Well, didn't, mean, Gary Lyon said we were whingers, well, didn't he? Gary Lyon is the biggest winger in the world, so I'm not going to pay any, t- any attention to anything he says. And Paul Ruse is the example of a player that never had to ask for a free kick because he always got them. <laughs> so, you know, if if Robbie Gray got free kicks with the frequency that Paul Ruse did, I reckon Robbie Gray would not be playing for free kicks, would he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. so They're very funny. different players, very different you know, but even so, like Robbie Gray, like he is offended so many times. Then I can understand why they do play for free kicks. Um, yeah. but I don't know that necessarily benefits them to do it. That's the real question. It's just about whether there's been a, a benefit from playing for free kicks. I, I might be a little bit biased here, yeah. but I don't think Robbie Gray actually plays for that many free kicks. But I do think he is probably the least protected star of the game going around in modern AFL. Yeah, I'd agree because, with that. Because I can tell you now, a Gary Ablett or a, a bloody Dangerfield or Joel Selwood, you know, you see the free kicks that they get. I mean, Robbie gets pillared, bashed, concussed, you know, and he, he, he's got a, I don't know how he, what he has to do to get a free kick from the umpire. They do not want to look after that guy. No, they um, don't. And it's an indictment on the game. And I think Ken Hinckley, if, I, don't, I haven't heard any conferences lately, but I think he's more than entitled to question the AFL umpiring and ask why aren't our players protected like other players? Because they were brutalised against that Frio game. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the, the umpires did not want to reward frees that were legitimate to our players, Correct. which they did with, with Frio. And I just don't understand why we get brutalised so badly continuously by by the umpires. Well, this is depressing. I'm watching the Fox show. <laughs> I thought you meant what going... you were saying. Well, I am about that too. But they're going through <laughs> each game by game and adjusting the ladder live. Yeah. And so far through their fixture. Now, 
with the teams that they've picked to win, Port Adelaide is now down in eighth spot. Yeah, I watched but that. I caught that bit earlier when it was on the first run, and uh, that's such bullshit. What they're doing, like they're saying, oh, they'll be glad if they get a win. They'll go back. They'll they'll go into fifth spot. Like, they didn't even say back into fifth spot. They just said go into fifth spot, and it's like, what? <laughs> Do you yeah. think we're really going to be paranoid about the fact that we might drop to eighth before we play our game? <laughs> what? <laughs> mm. Well, do you think the comments through the week are going to spur our boys? Uh, oh, who knows? I don't reckon comments do that much. You, you don't I, think? Nah, nah. Only, nah. If, only, if, only if the coaches pin them on the locker and use them to rev them up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Look, I think that yeah. the one thing that players always respond to is people getting dropped. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one that works. That always works. If you start saying we're going to start dropping players, I reckon that's the most most consistent way to get the others to go. Oh shit, this is real now. Ooh. Or or we're not gonna we're not gonna offer any contracts to the end of the season. Oh, I don't think you could do that. But, oh, I don't know who's left to resign <laughs> apart from Polak. Don't know. Maybe I might feel no, right that I'm one. Sure. There's, there's a few fringe ones, <laughs> but no, no major ones. But yeah, yeah. Um, right. And going on to the game in general, should we be concerned about Luke Beveridge? No, still no. Uh, and who's got the psychological advantage? We're fifth, and we won in Ballarat last year, so it's got to be Ports. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. Any questions from Bigfooty, apart from that one we did with Ford earlier? Uh, it could be. Mm. Let me just let me just open it up. I'll refresh the page. I. Uh... Do, do, do. Got some waiting music. Do, 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 do. All right, not many, only a couple. I okay. did forget. All good. I did forget to post it up. But what do we got? If we if Frampton has been named, yes. suggests there is still some doubt about fitness of Ryder. Should we take the risk or play Billy? We just don't know what the uh, risk is with Ryder, really. Us against the rest. I mean, the one thing that you'd have to think would be likely about Ballarat is it'll be a soft track. So I don't know whether that'll be a good thing for Ryder or not. Um, or if the slip factor is something that we should be worried about. We don't know the risks, so I can't comment on that. And I don't think yeah. Ryder, I don't think, I don't think Frampton being named makes a big difference. Just the fact that we got so, we've been so pants these last couple of weeks because we haven't had a decent Ruckman and, and Dixon I, and Westhoff haven't worked. You know, that's been a, that's been a trick that's got, Hinkley out of uh, out of jail in the past, but it hasn't worked now. So what, he's got to name Frampton, otherwise he looks like a complete Burke. Um, I think the uh, the fiery Schultzen first got it right today when he said, "Here's something crazy. Maybe Paddy Ryder isn't injured anymore." <laughs> yeah, possible. And that and that's why he's been named. That would seem reasonable, but who knows? But anyway, I, I would still I would still give Ryder, as I said before, one more week off and play Billy in these conditions. But anyway, why even name Billy if we have no intention of selecting him? Questions power raid. Um, well, if Ryder plays, then it just makes it seem like, see, look, we, we have a plan. I think that they need to convince fans that they have a plan right now because it didn't feel like it. Um, a plan for when Ryder is out because it's been multiple years, you know, that we've been shallow in having no backup for Ryder. Like that's that's an everyone fault. That's an entire football operations department fault if that gets exposed again and we don't play a bloody Ruckman at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. And PAFC replied to that by saying, if we're smart, we'll play him. Yeah. Well, like we said earlier, I reckon you can play Frampton and Ryder this week. 
because um, we do still have Marshall out. Yeah. And that's the tumbleweed thread right. from Big well, that I posted up an hour we, ago. We've got one from Spreaker Chat, and oh my gosh, it's a grim and desperate question from Dylan. Um, if we do pull off the impossible and miss finals, can we justify not sacking KT and Hinkley? So what's the question again? So if we miss the finals, is there any way we could not sack KT and Hinkley? Like, is there any justification for not sacking them if we miss finals this year? Yeah. What? The fact the fact that um, Hinkley's got a four-year contract. Yes, but in that um, case, I'll change the question slightly. If Hinkley's got a four-year contract, then that's been approved by the higher-ups and it's turned out to be obviously a terrible mistake. Does that mean it's time to sack KT? And, and uh, David Koch, and David Koch for his mismanagement of the Port Adelaide Football Club. Well, Bam. I guess. Well, I guess you'd, <laughs> you'd argue. No, well, seriously, I guess you'd argue, like in any business, yeah, the C, the CEO is the ultimate person responsible for decisions. And if there's a board, I would imagine in that capacity. If the board is um, consulted on the appointment of the senior the coach board, and association, the board, then they're responsible. I would for imagine it. the board would also ratify the decision. Yes. Um, and as we know, David did come out and say that he wants Hinkley to be a ten-year coach of the Port LA Football Club. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, you sound sceptical or cynical of what I'm saying. Um, no, I agree. Or, I'm, I'm waiting, yes. So, yeah, so basically I'm just trying to say that, yes, ultimately um, the they are... The buck stops with them. Yep. But my argument is we, it's one year into four. He has, even though I am disappointed with our results over this period of time... We're not even he, out of the old contract yet. That's co- correct. Um, so I do think we played a game of chicken that we we didn't need to, yeah. and but I do think that Hinkley is a reasonable coach, but he needs the security of a very very good senior assistant. And the reason I use that logic is because I think 2013 and 14 he had very very strong senior assistants, and he uh-huh. looked like a very very solid coach. Um, he, we lost those coaches they i don't think they were replaced with equally as qualified coaches they were not and uh, and we've suffered the consequences of that and um and i think history is now starting to show how reliant senior coaches are on their assistant coaching panel um you know we've got blake carousella now a man in demand who who was doing wonders at geelong who's gone to richmond and is doing wonders at richmond Richmond, and as we all know, I'm not. I'm preaching to the converted here. Uh, Richmond, you know, removed and exchanged a whole lot of their assistants, and Damien Harvard looked from being sacking material to the next uh, super coach in waiting. Um, you know, Nathan Buckley. I'm not saying that Collingwood's there yet, but they've transitioned their tra- uh, assistant coaches, and Nathan looks like a different man, plus coupled with an easy draw. Um, so, you know, we've got a four-year coach. It still might not be the end. And so potentially it's just that we need to move those coaches on. But I think so. it's a bit early to say sack for those two guys because for, for that decision, they've also made a lot of good decisions as well. 
I think that what you're saying is that we can keep Hinkley on that he has to have the league's best assistants doing his job for him and they'll all get recruited to be senior coaches the year after we do something decent. Yes. <laughs> so so at a certain point you have to say, why would we not just hire the senior, the, the excellent assistant as our, next, as our coach? Like, that's the thing. Like At a certain point you have to wonder, okay, what is Hinkley really bringing to the equation? And it's like, mm, well, the long lads love him and talk him up in the media and the players seem to like him. But is that enough he's, for a senior? Is that enough for a senior coach? Is that enough for the highest-paid coach and your coaching staff? He's he's chief motivational officer. Yeah, but is that, is that enough for the highest-paid guy and your coaching staff? Like you take soccer as the example, the highest-paid guy there is the guy that can manage a list and do all these clever things. You know, it's not just the guy that talks. You know, can uh, get the boys up in the rooms. Um, so I don't know. We do seem to have a bit of a matey culture. We're all mates and we look after our mates and we do the right thing by our mates and we don't we don't burn our mates. Whereas in the past, we would make the toughest decisions to what we need to do to, for us to make our club ultimately successful. That's, that's sort of my observation that as a supporter, how I feel. I think we might be a little bit too matey um, and not as ruthless as we once were. Yeah, well, that's... Yes, yes, absolutely. But that's every established coach that starts not performing at every AFL club. Like, that's... that's that. When you say that, that is the ultimate sign of a coach that has been there for a while and they are past their time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah, pretty every much. Every club, every club. I mean, I just go through the history that I know, you know, and, and we've had... Our churn of coaches hasn't been that massive, really. But no, it hasn't. You know, I always go back. I always go back to, you know, the uproar of Russell being removed for John, right? But at least, I guess the differentiating factor there was John was a known commodity, and um, but I still personally didn't think it was the right move uh, replacing John with Mark Williams when that happened. Oh, I did. But <clears throat> did you? Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I I was a big fan of John, and I I could see where he was taking that team. But I guess history shows that if they didn't, tread, we might not have had Treadway. But who knows? Who knows who we would have had? You know, well, he was a smart operator. At the end of the season, we're at the point we've had four coaches in twenty two years, which is certainly not a high rate of turnover, even accounting no. for Primus's quick flip, basically. Yes. Um, Correct. You and sure then, that's but, right? Yeah. Because we had Gary Gary Hocking. What? Matthew Primer. Gary, Gary Hocking was he was senior coach. When? After Primus was terminated. Oh, you mean a caretaker? What? what Doesn't talking? matter. He was still senior You don't coach. count no one count when they talk about that no one yeah, counts caretaker coaches he was, ever. He was senior coach. Oh, you're an idiot. You've got to put him in there. <laughs> Only because it throws out your stats. No, it doesn't. It makes to, every other stat. Look, Dylan said intern doesn't count, and I'm going with Dylan. Uh, but also, it doesn't throw out a stat. It just changes every stat. It doesn't do anything else. Because how many clubs have interim coaches that have no long-term impact? It just turn, it just changes every stat for every club, but it doesn't change the ratios realistically at all. They're still a senior coach. <laughs> he coached nearly... He... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm offended. Absolute, you're an absolute I'm idiot. Offended. <laughs> That's like, oh, No. Well, and that, so, uh, no. Yeah. Dylan says, who could yeah. forget Adelaide Crows coach Scott Camparelli? Exactly. <laughs> See, I, 
I, I've never rated Scott Camperelli as a coach, and he survived so long in mm-hmm. the AFL system. It just shows that every every coach goes through a cycle of something. But okay. Uh, okay. great, great. Let's, let's but move anyway. On. <laughs> Let's move on. Yes. Your view is too stupid to keep talking about. Um, what the inter- Get over the interim coach. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, final wrap. Let's get to it. Who's going to win this week, and what's the margin going to be? Uh, Port Adelaide by fifteen points. Okay. Which I'm will gonna... be the conditions. The conditions mean that a 15-point win is equivalent to, like, a 36-point win. <laughs> Dylan's, I won up your stat. He said Alan Richardson, PAFC coach, because I think Ken Hinckley was sick for a week. We had some family. That's exactly right. <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Nix was a senior coach because Hinckley <laughs> sat, on the, sat on the deck chair on the side of the boundary. So does that mean we should put um, the, the kid that captained the game last week up on the honour roll for being a Port Adelaide captain? Yes. <laughs> He wore the number one. He was made captain. He was captain for one game. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm going to tip Port Adelaide. I'm going to say 20 points only because I reckon there's that concern about weather and it's being at Ballarat and it might be, even if it's not rainy, it'll be windy as hell because it always has been what I've been in Ballarat. Um, who's the highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide this week? Uh, Robbie Gray. Three goals. Okay. Cool. I'm going to say Billy Frampton with two. <laughs> right, you are random. Billy the kid. That's it. He'll be. He'll have a bronze statue out the front of Alvin if he kicks two goals. Yep, yep. It'll be an empty be pedestal the... because it'll be him not being named when he should be. Correct. <laughs> Where, so where's Todd Marshall for the rest of the year? I don't know. He's still injured, isn't he? I don't know. What's his, what's his injury? Uh, wasn't that ankle? I don't know. I forgot to check. Okay. Um, Dylan would know. Next Come question. On, <laughs> there you go, Dylan reckons we've got to put the name on the locker as well. Um, yep. Which fringe player is going to lock up a spot for next week? So the guys that are fringe that are in the side right now, who's going to manage to hang on and who might be out, I guess? Well, who's the fringe players in the side? Cause oh. is, Jasper Pittard, <laughs> is Jasper Pittard a fringe player these days? Yeah, he is this year. Uh, I'll, give, I'll say Jasper. Okay, cool. I'm going to say Jack Watts. He's going to stay in. Ah, he's on the bench, right? Yeah, so there's a chance I could be wrong on that too. Who knows? Do you um, know, I was actually, uh, I was actually a little bit disappointed that our mom's Amon's out because I wanted to start a out on the pool and turnover drinking game with Carl. Okay. You know, every you know, you got to scull a, a whole beer for every out in the pool and. And every turnover is like a, a shot, you know, be plastered by quarter time. Yeah, yeah. I remember one Crows game years and years ago, I counted how many times Brady Atkinson fell over. And um, that would have been a, a pretty killer drinking game as well. I'll have, to, I'll have to try and watch that in the showdown and see what yeah, well, that, that was years uh, and years ago, but that, yeah, yeah, that was years and years ago anyway. Um, are we still on the premiership track? We already, I guess we both kind of agree on that because we both said, hey, we're fifth, we're fifth on the ladder. <laughs> Chill out. Yeah, we're still we're still on Premiership track. I mean, we'll be equal with Collingwood and Sydney okay. Okay. for for third spot by the end of this week, right? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what happens in other games, really. Well, Collingwood's gonna Collingwood's gonna lose to Richmond, and 
Yeah. I don't know. What I don't understand is why am I in a footy tipping competition? Because I, I basically get nine out of nine every week oh, at the yeah. start of a round before the round starts. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But Collingwood's going to lose. Sydney's going to win. Port's going to win. And so they're all going to be, uh, they're all going to be equal third. Okay, good. Even though Essendon could knock off Sydney, I guess. It's just going to come down to percentage, right? So we're still shooting on percentage. And we're probably, this well, is not a week you'd expect us to increase it a lot. No, I mean, it'll probably, we'll win like probably 40 points to 20 points or something. Yeah, and that doesn't do a lot at this time of year particularly. Um, no. So are there any other games you're looking forward to this week? Uh, yeah, Sydney, Sydney Essendon. Okay. And uh, Richmond Collingwood. I think they're... They're yeah. probably uh, Richmond, the two. Oh, actually, and actually, Melbourne Adelaide is going to be a cracker. What about North Melbourne West Coast? Yeah, North Melbourne West Coast as well. There's a there's a lot of interesting games. It's actually one of the better rounds, really. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. story. There's a lot of stories in this round. You know, okay. I, I can actually see West uh, West Coast losing to North Melbourne okay. um, down in Tassie, but West Coast do definitely seem to be well drilled this year. Um, mm. But saying that, they were well drew, well drilled last year. They just had a, too many ageing players on their list last year that they were relying on. Um, is that how you see West Coast? Yeah, pretty much. So it does show what you were saying about Ken Hinckley. Sometimes you've got to make tough and bold decisions, don't you? Because you they 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 made they moved on those older players, which were you know. Hardy and and tried, but just replaced them and put in some younger, fitter, stronger players. And you know they had the system in place, and they've just raised it to another level. Yeah. Yes, agree. Um, but yes, yes. It was funny on that um, bit of uh, Fox Footy I caught earlier tonight, and they're talking about Melbourne and criticising Melbourne for just pinging at goal or just just bombing it into the forward line and hoping. I think, oh my god. That's the most predictable thing in the world from the minute that Simon Goodwin got that uh, apprenticeship slash senior coaching appointment years ago. <laughs> so uh, do you give Melbourne a chance to beat Adelaide? Uh, look, they could. If they win in, if, look, it's just a matter of if they win in midfield and this week the, the footy gods decide they're going to be accurate or not. Um, I, would, I would say that Melbourne will knock off Adelaide. I reckon there's a chance I think, I think, that Adelaide Crows will be too defensively minded to let them do it. Like they've got a lot of guys that love picking off the ball on the back line, so you know that's exactly what Melbourne will let them do. Um, it yeah. just, it, I think it'll just come down to whether Melbourne can have the good boots on that get them kicking long goals from fifty or not. Well, I think that, I think they'll take something out of the game here from Port Adelaide and how yeah, they sort of yeah. suffered that from that. And I guess the one thing we didn't talk about Porsche in was the yeah. return of Tom Jonas. Yeah, we and did what talk Tom... about it. We said it's great. Well, not... Yeah, we said it's great. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. how how important and influential is Tom now? Uh, yeah, pretty influential and pretty important. We, we already said that, well, I, mean, I said, and I think you've said it previously, that you know he's a likely All-Australian defender this year, or at least he would be if he didn't get injured. I don't know. I don't know if that'll have an impact or not. Um, yeah. He's right up there. So, yeah, it's important to have him back. It's good, particularly with Howard out. Yes, even though Howard's form's been a little bit off. It has, of late. it has. But having Jonas to come back in is helpful. Yeah, hmm. it is. All right, well we're okay. done. We are done, Zoe. So thank you to the people that listen live and people listening on the podcast uh, at a future point. 
You got a lot of days to listen to that with a Sunday game. I hate Sunday games. Yeah, Sundays suck. Um, and just threw in a comment saying it's a travesty the injuries might take away uh, Jonas's AA spot, and I agree. Um, but he might why is do. it a travesty? Why is it a travesty? Because it's so easy for Port Adelaide players to get disqualified from being in the AA squad when um, other players don't have the same judgment against them. <laughs> But why why do we use the word travesty when tra- travesty means misunderstanding? Does it? Well, it is really, it does. isn't it? Well, I wouldn't say it's a misunderstanding. Well, it is. They don't understand that Port Adelaide is a club as good as any other AFL club, and that the same thing should be relevant. I'd say it's a rot. It's okay. unjust. Sure, sure. Maybe this is why Dylan never listens on Monday. <laughs> could be. Could be. Could be. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look, uh, it's time to wrap up. So thank you for people that listened in, as we said. And I hope we bloody win, eh? It's an important one to win this one just because we've got a couple what if of toughies we, coming up. What if we lose? Well, oh, it's, tune in for Monday's podcast. <laughs> Rick will be crying. <laughs> Rick will be very unmotivated. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh, yes. Rick will be crying, unmotivated and sucking. Yeah. Oh, right. I just want to do a whole season of Port Fam Radio. Yes. Where we're, we're just dominant. Wouldn't that be nice? And it's like, and it's just utopia. Like, here's every week's the, a win. Thing, to have that with our history, the only way you're going to get that is if we won the premiership the previous year and we're doing good. Because it'll be the same as it was back in the 2000s, where we were just so completely dissatisfied that even in 2004 it was hard to enjoy the regular season wins because we were just expecting to screw up finals again. Um, that 20, 2005 should have been that year when we then when we had the you know the what did they call it the cakewalk the 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 the, the parade of yes isn't Port yeah, excellent yeah. the reigning premiers and we didn't get it because first of all Josh Carr soured the off season by nicking off. And then we yeah. played shitty in 2005, so we screwed it. You only get a chance like that, apparently, once every 20 years. So, mm. Do you know, this is interesting. I know we're supposed to be going. But, yeah, um, <laughs> the, vibe, I, the feeling I had at the game on, yes. on the weekend, I was waiting for someone to hold up a Choco to Baghdad sign, but <laughs> Hing Pee to Baghdad. That's, but that was sort of the feel in the crowd. Yeah, right? yeah. And the style of game that we were playing, um, that's that's sort of it. Sort of had that sort of vibe to it. Well, back then we were guilty of the grievous sin of wasting Warren Treadway. That was the real problem. Yeah. Um, we don't have a Warren. Like, we're, we're, we're kind of wasting Robbie Gray, but I mean, you know, wasting Warren Treadway like that's a once in a lifetime player, Warren. Unfortunately. Yeah, he deserved more than one. But you might, but you, but you might get a couple of you know really good midfield forty types if you're lucky. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's go. We're done. We're done, Zoe. We're, we're getting off. Are we? We're gonna we're gonna Maybe stop talking. No, you don't, because you already had your chance. The rundown's done. We've got no more rundown except for end, and that's can what I, we're doing. End. Can I ask one more question? What? Why does everyone talk about sodos, but no one ever talks about New Vision? Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. I want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> okay. It's because of, it's because we of already fact, talked about it? it. We already talked about the answer to it, uh, I think, last week, and we just said that people like fish and chips and they don't like taxes. That's that it's simple. Because of the, it's right. It's because of the fat. 
Yeah. People want the fat. Yeah. I get it. All right. Done. I know you've already turned it off anyway, but no, I fine. We're going out. Bye, everyone. I'm going to put fat in the tax. Then it will be addictive. Gathered, though, by Broadbent through the middle of the ground. Now a long kick down in the Paul Stewart direction. He marks and plays on. He keeps his footing. Got away from Ferrito to put the... Oh,